He gets all the glory. Amen. Yeah. He's faithful. He is good. And his mercy endures forever. Father, with gratitude and gratefulness, we thank you that Pittsburgh and in this city, we give a sacrifice of praise to all that you're doing. And we thank you that you continue in this 2024 open door. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many have some joy? That, that's joy, but that's tears of joy for what the Lord to come. I always like to do this. A lot of churches don't do this, but I want to do it anyway. Because I want you to see what God has done over the years in, in, in financially giving. Uh, it was interesting this year, about $2.9 million came in total. And then the first one that you'll see, the graphic that's coming up, tithes and offerings given, we're right, right around givings, we're right around $2.16 million. Uh, miscellaneous, 153 total of 2.3. We have missions and benevolence. We gave away almost a quarter of a million dollars this year, operating expenses, and then we have uh, payrolls, about 50% of the budget with 23 employees. And uh, capital equipment, we put 186 in. Can you show us the next one? For running two campuses, and uh, it's, it's interesting that we have a daycare that provided about half a million dollars. And, 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 and I just want you to know that the rent the daycare plays pays this mortgage 100% and 84% of the North Campus mortgage. Amen. So our tithes can go to giving and doing what we need to do. I think it's a pretty big deal. Uh, the trailer park brought in enough money to pay for the whole mortgage or most of the mortgage on the hill this year. We've had some people move out, so it went down a little bit. And then Holy Smokes did about 600 grand last year. But this year when meat costs went up and labor costs went way up and no one wanted to work, we shut it down. So um, uh, as we look at our balance sheet, show that real quick. Um, marketplace ministry does help us. Those of you who don't know, we owe like 63 acres up on the hill that several people want to purchase from us, and we're holding on to it because it's smart. Can I have an amen? So the Grace Life here, they told me it'll never be worth more than 500 grand. It's worth $3.5 million right here. We got several people looking at it, but we're not selling it. Sorry. And then Grace Life North, $2 million. These are old statistics. Uh, and and uh, basically the mortgages we owe 500 total is we have about a $7 million asset. That's three years old. That hasn't been updated. It's more than that now. Um, we owe about, if you do this math with 9.8 and 2.8, we have about $8 million worth of assets and we have about $1.2 million worth of debt. Mm. So how many know where debt's going to be eliminated this year? Amen. And now uh, that's going to be gone. And uh, did you want to say anything, babe? No, I just think sometimes people don't, you know, you attend one campus or another and you don't see the big picture of the properties of both campuses, what they're doing, the land that's owned, the buildings, uh, the trailer parks, the businesses. Uh, but really it is one big, great, big congruent uh, family of organizations that have one main purpose, and that's to build the church. And about 80 employees make this thing work. So thank you guys, staff members and daycare members and, and all kind of members that do stuff. We do need some more daycare workers. We're running short on laborers. So help us in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the Holy Ghost. Give us vision right now. Guide us, lead us to see that we can be at Grace Life Church all that you want us to be and all that you want us to do. Father, enlarge our hearts. And my prayer today is that the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light, 
that we might see and know exactly you're such a big God with a big church, but you focus it and you pinpoint lives like Zach and Ashley and like everybody sitting here, that when everyone does their part, the church is built up and your name gets glory and people come to know you for eternity because whoever finds God finds. You know, it was interesting. The reason I want to show that is, is um, most churches in America, they say now have about 3% tithers. We're about 25% tithers. And you, you can think that's good, but I, I said, what could we do if everyone would obey God? What could we do if everyone would obey God in the tithes and offerings? We'd not only be out of debt, we'd help other churches like we do and build other churches like we help buy other churches. And in the Wind Network, I got to hear their testimonies, and many of them were, uh, as we had a meeting last week, they couldn't have done it without us. So thank you for making that happen. Several churches we purchased, and then they paid us back. That's what we're about, expanding the kingdom. We have to expand the kingdom. It's not about us, amen? So when I look at this, Pastor John said to us in that meeting as he came to the mountains, and I want you to get this word because there's going to be a lot of words going forth about what God has for you this year. But in this word, as God said, 2024, a huge open door. He said, build like never before. He said, the kingdom has come, and I want you to multiply. That's a word God gave us, multiply, an open door for multiplication. And so guess what? The church corporately is multiplying, but you personally have to multiply. How many will receive it? Amen? You heard Pastor Bill Shear teach about it. We have to have a mandate of multiplication. And I thought if that's a quarter people giving, a quarter people obeying God, what could we do if 50% or 70% would obey God? There would be no stopping what God wants to do in Pittsburgh. Amen? And so something Pastor John said, and I want you to hear this. And, and some of y'all have been stuck for years, and I believe there's an open door of opportunity for you not to be stuck anymore. A lady that had gone to victory eight years, came in, husband left her. She had a little boy, and she said, I'm just putting him in church, the way Pastor John explained it, because he's, he's, he's without a father, and we need a church. I really don't want to come, but he needs people around him. So she came to church eight years ago and, and kept coming to church and built this little business that wasn't re- very profitable or efficient. And uh, eight years later, she walked up to Pastor John two months ago, single mom. She said, I just sold my business for $16, uh, $16 million. She said, here's a $1.6 million check. Pastor John said, the largest check we've ever received that we're building another church with. And here's what he said. He said, God is raising up financial stewards. He's raising up financial labors in this last day in 2024. There's an open door for you to multiply. And if God can use a single mom, how many know he can use us? Amen. Come on, give a, give a praise. But in this vision that God's called us to, because it takes money to build churches, it takes money to reach harvest, it takes money to transition finances that are temporary into things that are eternal, called human beings and souls. So in this open door, I love Proverbs 29, it says it this way, that I believe God's going to give you not just a logos, a logos is the written word, a rhema is a spoken word. A spoken word is this instant revelation that God gives you. When you hear a word, something comes to you. You'll receive this today. You'll receive this today, a rhema. What's the rhema for you? What's God asking you to do? And then you get a revelation of it, as the Bible says. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law 
of God, which includes that of man, blessed and happy is he. There's a redemptive revelation of God and what God is doing in this hour. There's a rhema word for you. What is God speaking to your heart? One of the words God kept showing me is the last probably since the new year, it's like five times a day I run into this thing and it's always, it's happened at least 15 times this month and it's 222. I was standing there preaching in a minister's conference and it popped up on the clock on the 22nd. We were in a room and it was the 22nd at 222 and God did a huge work in about 14 pastors. And the Lord said, Isaiah 22, 22 is a word that was spoken over you and your church. And that word was, I will give him the key of the house of David, the highest position in the royal court. And when he opens doors, no one will be able to close them. And when he closes doors, no one will be able to open them. Prophetically, God's given us favor in this city like never before to take ground. When we were called here, he didn't just say plant a church. He said transform a culture. We have an apostolic ministry that's transforming a culture. God's given us more airwaves, more TV time, more buildings, more situations, more pastors, more church networks so that we can expand and grow his kingdom so his name can be glorified. So when I looked at this, the Lord said to me and Pastor John and Pastor Bill, almost the same, you'll not multiply without a spirit of faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He said, on Vision Sunday, I want you to leave an impartation with the people that will transform their lives forever. It's one thing to believe in Jesus. It's a whole other thing to have a spirit of faith. We talked about the 10 spies and the 2 spies. The 12 spies that represented the 12 tribes, you had 2 out of 12 that had a spirit of faith. The Lord said it might be that in the Christian church today. It's so one thing to believe God and have fire insurance is a whole nother thing to be able to change things. It's a whole nother thing to be able to transform cities and move mountains and speak to sycamine trees and decree that your business is overtaking the, the world system and to decree that your children are serving the Lord and great is their peace. The Lord said there's a lot of people that have believed God for 30 years, 35 years. They've played church, but their children don't even want to serve God. That's not the legacy I'm leaving, and that's not the legacy you're leaving. We're leaving a generational blessing that is in the earth. The greatest thing you not leave is not an inheritance for children. The greatest thing you leave is a name that served Jesus Christ that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And when you back away and they put you in that casket, your children are decreeing the word and they're your legacy. Not an investment fund, not a 401k, but the children that are doing the will of God in the earth. The Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So the Lord said, in this time, I'm going to turn back the hearts of the fathers to the children. And it's time not to be soft. It's time to be a man of God so that you and your house will serve the Lord. Can I have an Amen. So when I looked at this, the Lord said to me, there's an open door in 2024, a door of multiplication, a door of the year of God's favor, a, a year of an open door where walls fall. In Hebrews 11, verse 31, I love, I love this scripture because the whole book of Hebrews uh, tells you about faith and, and, and chapter 11 is, is prompted by faith, Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed along with those who refused to believe and obey because she, she received the spies in peace without enmity. Next scripture. No? 
Okay. Well, let me read it to you. Ready? Listen what it says here. So this is 30 and 31. It says, because of faith, verse 30, the walls of Jericho fell down. And after they had been encompassed for seven days by the Israelites, prompted on by faith, Rahab the prostitute. Pastor, we're in church. It's Vision Sunday. Why are we talking about prostitutes? Harlots, hookers. Whoa. Is that a word for the day? It's a great word because God can take anyone's life and turn it around. God can take anyone's situation and turn it around. God can take your situation and turn it around today. But as you're going to have an open door, as walls are going to fall in 2024, it's interesting that you're going to have access like never before. You're going to have doors of opportunity like never before. You're going to have multiplication like never before. A door of favor like never before. A door of opportunity. A door to build like never before. And a door to have a massive harvest of souls like never before. But how come it doesn't happen all the time for everyone that way, Pastor? Because first you have to see it. You have to see it. You have to see it with the eye of faith. You have to see it with the eye of faith. He told Abraham, lift up your eyes and look to the north, south, east, and the west. Everything that you can see, I'll give you. He tells him about Jericho, this walled, fortified city. You've heard it when you're a little kid. You stomped around in the room, and they shouted, and they blew the trumpets. And six days, they marched around the city. And on the seventh day, the Lord told them, march around it seven times. And when you do, have them blow the trumpets. And everybody shout at once. And the Bible tells us that all the walls, they didn't fall over to the left or the right. They went straight down into the ground. If you study history, the walls went straight down into the ground. But there's one person who was speared, and it happened to be a prostitute. It happened to be a lady that could see what God was doing. Some people can't see what God is doing. But it doesn't matter where you are. You just need one revelation, one view of what God is doing in this hour. It'll change your year for the good. Nothing will be the same when you see what God is doing. If not, you'll just stumble all over yourself, and your focus will be on the temporary. And you'll end up losing instead of winning. And here's, here's, here's our prophetic word. If you want to write it down, we did this staff teaching and the Lord said, those who have shifted will have lifted. And he said, those who have drifted will be sifted. I want you to hear that because there's a lot of people drifting from the plan of God, the purpose of God, the obedience of God, and they don't even see it. The Bible says in the last day, there'll be false teachers. There'll be liars. There'll be ravenous wolves. Wolves mean false teachers. There'll be false teachers that enter in not sparing the flock. They'll give heed to their itching ears what they want to hear. Some people will lead you away by doctrine because how many know babies fall for anything? The devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy. This is a last day opportunity. Satan is fighting for the battle for your brain. He's fighting for the battle for your feelings. He's fighting for the battle of your mind. But can I tell you, faith is of the sixth sense. It has nothing to do with your feelings, your emotions. It has to do with the heart. And when God says a word, you believe that word. He told us a word 28 years ago. He said, move to Pittsburgh. And I said, I don't know how to do that. He said, get in a car and go. How many know when God gives you a word, one word from God can change everything? God's given you a word in your heart to incubate, and then you hear that word, and then you speak that word because you believe that word, and then you act upon that word. This is the simple understanding of what God wants his people to do in this last day for multiplication. 
He says right here in Joshua 2, he says, he said unto them, the Lord has given you the land. The terrors fall upon us. Listen to what, listen to what the prostitute Rahab says. She tells the spies that enter into a house, for we have heard how the Lord has opened the water and dried up the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. What have you heard? What you did to the two kings and the Amorites in the east of the Jordan, and he goes, who you did utterly destroy, we heard it, and our hearts melted. Neither did the spirit or, cur- of, or courage remain any more in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is, listen to what Rahab says, he is the God in heaven, above, on the earth, beneath. This lady just testifies, he's the one true God. Holy Spirit's moving this hour. Muslims are coming to Jesus. Jews are coming to Jesus. Russians are coming to Jesus. Ukrainians are coming to Jesus. There's a massive harvest right now in Pakistan and Iran. There's a massive harvest in China. God is moving like never before. And he says, and save my, listen to this woman of faith. She's a prostitute. Actually, if you study Rahab, she was the lead businesswoman that had a whole group of prostitutes that were making her money. And it says that she said, save alive my father and my mother, my brothers and my sisters, and all that deliver us from death. And the men said under our, our lives are yours. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let them down by a rope through a window, for a house was built into the town wall so that she dwelt in the wall. This woman lived in the wall. The prostitute lived in the wall, Rahab. But she took the spies in. She just didn't hear something. She knew God was brewing. God was stirring and getting ready to take the land. But she, she had to believe something when she heard something. And she heard about what God was doing. She said, I believe it. How many know when you believe, it changes everything? Yes. Nothing is impossible to him that Bible says that God's trying to get you to have a childlike faith, get you to have a quick to believe spirit, not a pessimistic spirit, but like Joshua and Caleb, a different spirit. So the Bible tells us right here in in Joshua 6, he says, the fence town was tightly closed because the Israelites and no one went out or came in. But the Lord God said to Joshua, see, I have given you Jericho. And it's king and mighty men of valor into your hands. See God's doing something in your life. See God's bringing blessing into your life. See God's healing your body. See God's seeing that your children serve the Lord. See that your business is doubling. See that God's blessing all you put your hand to. See, you have to believe something. You have to have an active faith. When, 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 when COVID hit, most people shut down and most Christians shut down. And the Lord told me, stay in motion. Thank God we were praying months before that every day. And the Lord said, keep in motion, keep in motion, keep in motion. The Lord said, what's about to happen next? The chaos in America, just stay in motion. Faith without works is dead. Stay in motion. See, you have to see it. You have to be beyond the mental picture of a future state. You have to see what God is doing. Because if you can't see what God is doing, you're just going to stumble all over yourself. You're going to depend on your 401k. You're going to depend that the two gods are the God of this world is money or the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. That's what he said. Jesus said, you'll serve one or the other. Who are you going to serve? Make a choice. 
2024, there's a massive open door, but you have to see it. You have to see it. But then secondly, it was interesting how me and Pastor John, or Pastor John and I were preaching the exact same thing. He said, and you can see it, but then you got to say it. This is what we don't like as believers, as human beings. Calling things that be not as though they were like Abraham did. Decreeing a thing and it'll be established for you. And the light of God's favor will shine upon your path. The greatest faith in the New Testament in Matthew 8 was a Roman centurion who looked at Jesus and said, hey, I don't need you to come to my house. I don't need you to lay hands on him. He said, just speak a word only and my servant will be healed. And Jesus marveled. He turned around. He says, I haven't found this kind of faith in all of Israel. You said, just speak a word. Yes, I'm a man under authority. That's a big deal. I'm a man under authority of Jesus Christ. He's the head of the church. I'm under him. You're under me. So we're together in this. We're people of faith. We speak words with the authority God gave us and things change every day. Can I have an amen? amen? So when we see that, the Bible says, have the God kind of faith, Mark eleven twenty two. Whoever says, that's whoever chooses. Whoever says unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believe what he says, that which he saith shall come to pass. The creative power of the tongue. God put this tongue in you. James 3, a little rudder on a ship or a bit in a horse's mouth. To win in life, you got to put pressure on your tongue. The Bible says in Romans 8, my word is nigh thee even in thy mouth. This is the word of faith that we preach, that if you confess something and if you believe something, everything changes. So when I looked at this, I thought, why is it so interesting that Joshua 6 says, and the seventh time they walked around the city and the priests blow their trumpets and Joshua said to the people, shout for the Lord has given you the city. Notice God tells you to decree something before you get to victory. He didn't say after the walls fall. That's what Christians do today. When that building comes, I'll shout. When the healing comes, I'll shout. When the walls fall, I'll shout. God says, no, I want you to walk around it. Can you imagine the mindset of these people? Just obeying the word of God. It's been six days. He told us to be quiet, not talk. We can't gossip. We can't talk about what happened yesterday. We can't talk about. And they said they were walking around. What in the world were they thinking? How in the world? Most times when you go to war to defeat somebody, you get a gun, you get a bow, you get an arrow, you get a club. You, we're just walking and we're being quiet and we're leading the Ark of the Covenant before us. And then on the seventh day they woke up, they said, get the priests ready to go. This day we're going around seven times and we'll go around seven times and the seventh time let's begin to shout and blow the trumpets. They began to shout and blow the trumpets and then God moved and pushed the walls right into the ground. Isn't it interesting that people say, well, God's going to get rid of this predestination garbage. God will do whatever he wants to do. No, he won't. He needs you. In fact, he needs your mouth. No, well, have the God kind of faith that speaks, that decrees all my children are taught of the Lord. Great is their peace. I'm blessed going in and blessed coming out. My body is healed by his stripes. Thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. What if we would believe what God said? What if we would believe and speak as the Bible says in Corinthians? He tells us about all these people we're talking about. 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he names them all, and Barak, and he tells us about them, and he names Rahab in the Hall of Fame of Faith and says, this lady was up there with Abraham. I'm like, how do you get prostitute faith to be up there with father of the faith? You just believe. See, people can't see that. How could God transform this woman of ill repute, this woman that was a businesswoman, doing sex trafficking, basically. But she heard about what God was doing, and she said, I believe. I believe. And then God puts her smack dab right in the middle. God never looks at your past to discern your future. He never looks at the past to determine what God has in front of you. He says, forget those things which are behind and press forward. That's what vision is. You're able to, you never move forward looking in the rearview mirror. You forget those things which are behind and you press forward in Christ to what God has for you, to an open door of an opportunity. And so when I looked at this, I thought when he says about these guys and he tells them that we Having, 2 Corinthians 4.13, we have the same spirit of faith. Someone say spirit of faith. That is described in the scriptures when it says, first I believed, then I spoke in faith. We also first believe, then speak in faith. Well, I lost my job. And most people go home and just complain and get miserable. And I go on, go on unemployment for as long as I can and make, no, 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 no. Man, if, if you see a door closing, that means God's opened a big door of opportunity. That means God has something better in mind. Don't get depressed. Get energized. Get full of expectation. If that door closed, God's opening a huge opportunity. But that's what I believe. How do you know that? All things work together for the good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And do you know you don't have to work by the sweat of your brow anymore and wear yourself out and kill yourself? You have to get up and do what God asked you to do. And he said, eventually, the wealth of the wicked is transferred into the hands of the just. You ought to be having fun. You ought to be having a life of vision, a life of peace and joy in believing, decreeing the will of God, decreeing the word of God, praying out this last day harvest, believing all my children are taught of the Lord and great is their peace. They're my legacy. They're going to serve the God. The, the, the spirit of addiction's broken off them. The power of Satan's broken off them. The power of the enemy's broken off them. They'll marry the right spouses and we will build a legacy for generations. How many believe that generational curse is broken? If you believe it, you got to speak it. How many want to rejoice? You got to say something. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. How many have the victory? Remember Wednesday night, it got crazy up in here. How many still have joy? How many really have joy? See, the Bible says he put a two-edged sword in your mouth. There's a miracle in your mouth. Would he stop the negativity? Stop the cursing. Stop the not enough talk. Stop the my wife sucks talk. Stop my husband's a jerk talk. Start speaking words of faith. That's how God does what he does. 28 years ago, we left. We got a word, Pittsburgh, and the whole way here, but my mind talked to me. What are you going to do for food? What are you going to do for money? What are you? I said, we're in motion. We're going to start a church. The devil said, how's that going to work? You don't have enough. You don't have enough. You don't, not enough people, not enough money. Not em- I said, we're going to just get in motion and do what God said. And you remember the guy, Tony Tennis. 
The guy showed up in the first service. See, when you're in faith moving in a direction, God's moving somebody toward you. I love the man. He was a crazy dude, but, but what a, what a, he was a roofer. And he, he walked up to me. I met him. We moved into his house. We were on the way here. Jim Ward called. You guys know that. He said, hey, I found your house. We were at Washington, PA. We didn't have a place to live. I was in motion toward the will of God, and I was calling Jim Ward the whole way every time we stopped. No house yet? Nope. Joplin, Missouri, no house. Illinois, no house. Ohio, no house. Last fill up, Jim. I called him. I said, we're in Washington, PA, filling this truck. Good news, I found a house. Drive to 1234 Brushcliff Drive. A guy named Tony Tennis had an extra house. It's empty. It's five bedrooms, five baths. And I remember driving up there in a U-Haul. And my wife was sitting on the seat. She was in tears. She said, babe, what are we going to do? Jim gave me the key. We opened the, the, the carpet matched our furniture. Every room. Every, there's a brand new kitchen. Everything worked out according to the perfect will of God. How many know when you're in faith, you get in motion and you move? And so I thought, man, what are we going to do? We started, you guys were there, George. John was there running the sound system. Janet and George were there. And, and, and Marshall was there. And, and I went in there and thought, we set up in the Radisson Hotel, started preaching. That's what we do. We get, by faith, get in motion. 36 people showed up. And Tony came up. I can say this because he's deceased now. He had a fake rug on his head. And it always looked bad. I thought, is that his real hair? It was always crooked or this way or that. And he had a different one all the time. It's like, he does his hair really nice. I'm telling my wife, my wife's like, that's a fake hair, dude. But he walked up to me. He just walked up to me. He, he, he kind of had that swag. He said, he said, hey, big guy, the Lord told me to do this. And he gave us thousands of dollars in cash. And he said, for our first offering, here you go. How many know when, when you move, God moves? And my mind was telling me the whole time, not going to work, not going to work. And, and me and Pastor John were talking about this the other night at the camp. You know, anytime God gives you a word, you begin to say it. The first thing that happens is your mind will begin to contradict what you're saying. You're healed. Your mind will say, you're not. You don't feel it. You don't see it. Doesn't look like it. Can't touch it. Can't have it. But you know what? That's why the devil wants to get you out of faith. The Bible says, hold fast to your profession. Hold on to what you're saying. The greatest thing I have is my profession. I am healed of the Lord. Number my days I will fulfill. With long life I'll be satisfied and he will show me his salvation. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'll live on and on and do the works of God. And when I'm old and full of days, I'll fall asleep in God. How many know most of, the, most of the matriarchs and patriarchs, when they fell asleep, they blessed all their children. It says they pulled their feet up in the bed and they fell asleep in God. How many know cancer can't take you out? Right? Mr. John Uff, it tried to take your son out. But I got in the room with him and we started talking about your confession and how you have to hold fast to what's in your mouth. How many know you have a miracle in your mouth? You're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. And so we kept doing what God said to do, just stay in motion. First report we got is, pastor came to see us, knocked on the front door of the, the, little, uh, the little Cochran right there. It's a brand new front on this side. Our church was there after so long, six months, I think, we moved in there. And the guy said, hey, I'm pastor so-and-so, glad to meet you. I just want you to know this is a preacher's burial ground. Your church won't work and it won't last more than a year. Thanks for the kind words, bro. 
How many know we're still here? 29 years coming. How many know God is faithful? And he that began a good work is faithful to finish it. Until the day of Jesus Christ. We trust him. We believe him. We having the same spirit of faith, we believe, therefore we speak. So now we keep saying it because we hold on to that profession. What did God say? We keep speaking that word. What's going to happen this year? I'll tell you, multiplication. God gave us the key of David. We're going to open things and we're going to close things. How many about ready to close the generational curses over this city? The addictions over this city. The sex trafficking over this city. The evil spirits over this city. Break lineages that were cursed for years. It's time to be free in victory. It's time to prosper, rise, and build like never before. Say, I'm a multiplier. By the way, a multiplier mandate on April 20th, guys, write it down. Myself, Bishop Garlington, and John Newsom will be preaching at the North Campus on our Multiplier Men's event. Saturday morning, three sessions and lunch, and then bounce. Don't miss it. Write it in your notes. It will increase your capacity to do what God's asked you to do. You create your world with your words. Through faith, we understand that the world was framed by the word of God so that things that appear We're made of things that are not seen. Everything is made up of words. You want a good marriage? Start prophesying it. You want your business to double? Start prophesying it. You need more workers and laborers? Call them in. You got to see it first. You got to believe it. And then you got to say it. In fact, salvation doesn't come without saying it. I know it's a simple principle, but most Christians don't have the discipline when they see negative to speak positive. That's how God operates. He didn't look out there and say, it's sure dark out there. He said, hey, there was chaos brooding over the face of the deep. And the Holy Spirit was there. And the word Jesus said, let there be light. He didn't run from the darkness and chaos. He spoke over it. He hovered over it. He ran to it and he spoke. And then light came out of darkness. Blessing comes out of curses. More than enough comes out of not enough. Healing comes out of sickness when you decree the word. One word from God changes everything. How many have the same spirit of faith? Well, listen, so we not only have to see it, we have to say it, but finally, we have to do it. The Bible says that you're to be not only a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. Listen to this as I wind down today on this beautiful Vision Sunday. Listen what it says in James. I love the book of James 122. This is passion translation. Listen, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. Wow. For that is the essence of self-deception. Wow. Those are the drifters. The drifters. That what do you say? Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith would not fail. That your faith would not fail. Jesus is the author and he's the finisher, according to Hebrews 12, of your faith. There's joy and peace in believing. The Bible says that that he's concerned, how's your faith today? And he tells Joshua, they spied out the land in Joshua 6, 22. And he said to the two men that spied out the land, go into the harlot's house and bring out the woman. And all she has as you swore to her. So the young men and the spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brethren, and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and set them all aside in the camp of Israel. 
So, verse 25, Joshua saved Rahab the harlot. Wonder what church people thought about that. Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed. The Bible says her father's household and all she had, she lives in Israel even to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent out to spy out of Jericho. She did something about what she believed. In America, we become consumers instead of contributors. In America, we've gotten lazy in the church. In America, we've sat down and said, give me a good sermon, tickle my ears, pastor, and hopefully everything will work out. But the Bible says these guys who had a spirit of faith, this woman had such a powerful spirit of faith that she's in the Hall of Fame. And and, and if you can help me for a second, what does it say in Matthew 1? In Matthew 1, not only was this woman a person of faith, when I started thinking about this, I read, I cross-referenced everything I could. The hands of God pushed all the walls of Jericho down. There was only one home standing that was in the wall. The Bible says it was Rahab's. Her faith saved her whole house. So uh, I don't know if you know this. She let them down on a scarlet cord, on a red cord, because she was a woman of tapestries, that she had all this business going on. She let them down on a red cord. And if you know, there's a red cord that weaves through the whole Bible. It's called the blood of Jesus. And it's to the saving of your house. And this red cord, they said, every wall in the city has fallen, but there was one house standing. The most unlikely person, the prostitute Rahab. And all her family were inside of her house. And the Bible Bible attributes this because of her faith. Because of her faith. And he says in Hebrews 11, who through faith stopped the mouths of lions. All these people of faith quenched the violence of the fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Who through faith waxed strong and fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Who through faith, will your name be recognized? Who through faith, Rahab the harlot. And God picked her out of that mess and said, you're not going to be selling your body anymore or the bodies of other women. What you're going to be doing is going to be in the lineage of Jesus Christ, the Savior. I'm going to use you to marry a guy. And you're going to have a son in Boaz and Salmon. And these people are going to come out of your lineage. And she was the great-grandmother of King David. How many know God can transition your life so beautiful in 2024 that you don't even remember your past? That he snatches your family out, Big John Stud. He snatches your whole family out. He brings your whole family out, your sons and your daughters. And now you're living by faith and God says... I'm going to use you in the lineage of Jesus Christ. What a God we serve. What an awesome blood of Jesus that can redeem you and save you to the utmost and break every curse and forgive every sin and make you brand new to cleanse your conscience to serve a living God. What could we do if God would transform this open door in 2024? So always let the word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. Listen to that. James 1.22, the rest of it. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. So always let this word become like poetry within, written and fulfilled by your life. Say, by my life.
Wow. So as, as I close today, I want to ask you a question. Are you that person? Maybe you're not a Rahab, maybe just a businessman. Maybe you're not a prostitute, maybe you're just a housewife. Maybe you're just a, a young person. Maybe you're just, but God has a huge plan for you. And when you believe in faith, it shifts your whole life. When you shift, God will lift. When you drift, the devil will sift. God's saying this today, that we have this same spirit of faith as those who believed and spoke. They believed and spoke. They believed and spoke. And so here's what the Lord told me today. He said, I want you to release for increase. I want you to release for increase. I want you to release for increase. That there's an impartation by the laying on of hands. And I'm learning this as I get older. You say, why do you want, why do you want hands laid on you? There's a guy named Jesse Duplantis. There's a guy named Jerry Seville. There's a guy named Ken Hagen. There's a guy named Reinhard Bonnke. There's, there's a guy named John Osteen. Maybe that's why my hair is gone. But, but there's an impartation that was put on my life. And when you submit to the authority of a church, we got to get rid of STDs in the church. There's a lot of spiritually transmitted diseases. You go to too many places, you end up with some kind of spiritual syphilis. I know that's weird, but it's true. There's too many people that got just enough on them not to believe this message and not enough to believe the message that he preached and she preached. I'm called to do what I'm called to do. And if you come under that vision, we begin to operate like a healthy, life-giving church. There's a lot of people that don't believe the truth and they'll fight you for these words because some people have perverted it in hyper word of faith circles. But I'm telling you, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Those who come to God must believe that he is. And for me, faith is an action word. It's something you do. It's something you live out. It's something you obey the will of God. You obey the word of God. You, you see it. Then you hear it. You believe it. You begin to say it. And then you do what Nike says. Everyone say, just do it. Just do it. We ask you to come to a life group. Say, just do it. Just do it. Come on, say, just do it. We ask you to get involved and serve, say. We ask you to be a giver. How many know it's easy that every one of you are going to stand before heaven and say, Grace Life Church, we're going to have the biggest black and gold section. We're going to have people everywhere, thousands of people. And we're going to say, well done, thy good and faithful. Laid up for you is the crown of righteousness. So the Lord said the only way to increase is to release. Matthew 10 says, Jesus gathered his 12 disciples. He imparted to them authority to cast out demons. Can we do it, Ricky? Have you done it? Laid hands on the sick. They're healed. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I want you to get this. I want you to get this. We're having a commissioning service. Vision Sunday is a commissioning service. And here's what I suggest you do. If you don't agree with this message, when I start to pray over everybody, just slip out. That's cool. But if you crave to operate in the gifts of the Spirit and be full of the Holy Spirit and God to use you in this last day greater than he has before, to God put you as a building block, as a living stone in the body of Christ to say, here I am. A dude just traveled here from Florida. Donnie, you ready to go, bro? You're 61. You ready to go? He just got here yesterday. He moved in yesterday and he's ready to go. You ready to go? 
We're going to hold you accountable. You're going to do the will of God. You're part of this house. As for me and my house, we will do the will of God. Every person matters. Every person matters. Right, Vin? Right, Dick? Right, Seth? What's God asked you to do? Jesus said to cast out devils and heal every sickness and every disease. And look at verse 7 as we close today. He said, and as you go, preach. Say it with me out loud. As I go, I I preach. preach. It's a new day. Well, pastor, I'm kind of timid. Open your mouth. God will feel it. Say, as I go, I I preach. preach. Heal the sick. sick. Come on, say, I heal the sick. I I think you see where I'm going. Say it again. I heal the sick. sick. Let me see if your mouths are moving. Say, I heal the sick. sick. Everyone say, I heal the sick. See, we have pastor up in pulpits. Bring them to me. I'll heal them. That's not, you're not Jesus, nor am I. He said, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Put your hands up on this front row. You're, 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 you got anointing in your hands, in your hands, in your hands, in your hands. Get them on, people, and heal the sick. You have ability in you to heal the sick. The same power that rose Christ from the dead dwells in you. Start healing the sick. When all that crap blew up and plumb and all those houses blew up and people died, they were all your neighbors, weren't they? Who'd God send to them? Did God send you guys? Put your hands up. You just got a job as that now you're the assistant guy at Plum. You sat with me months ago, maybe years ago, and said, God's bringing me into Plum to be a leader, and you're a lead evangelist. And God positioned you two in that neighborhood for such a time. Am I right? Am I talking the truth? People are dying. You can't stay in your backyard and drink brewskis and pass out. They need the Drianos. God's going to raise up a leader. You're going to be the mayor of Plum. Get ready. You think I'm joking? You know it's true. That's what God's doing. Where's Bree at? Is Bree in here? She's in the children's. She got a call, our children's girl. They asked her to come to the White House this week. They're flying over there. We want to learn about early childhood learning. Come on, somebody shout. God is moving. God wants you to dominate in your field. We're building this year. We're taking ground this year. We're seeing people saved this year like never before. Will you be a part? As you go preach this message, heaven's kingdom realm is accessible. Come on, say it's accessible to me. It's close enough to touch. You must continually bring healing to the lepers and those who are sick. Will you do it? You do chiropractic work, right? And you do natural medicine. You put your hands on people every day, don't you? You draw for buildings every day, don't you? Are you ready for God to double and triple and quadruple what you can do? Yes? Yes? How many many have that? Uh, You got a machine shop. You got a company. Ricky, you ready to triple and quadruple? How many are ready for multiplication? Your multiplication isn't so you can buy an island and have chicks fanning you and drink margaritas at Margaritaville. The goal is to bring back the kingdom to the earth so that people can see the manifestation of God's spirit and power. The world is waiting for the manifestation of you. Ready? This guy's going to be a doctor. Put your hand up. You're in your residency now. You got a couple more years and you can work on me. Right? 
I called him the other day. How many know your hands are anointed to heal? You have healing hands. You say, well, he's a doctor. You have anointed hands for healing. All our hands are for healing. Joe's a gunsmith. He shoots stuff, but you can put hands on people and they'll be healed. By the way, your son's becoming a great man of God. They grew about three feet this year. Your daughter's highly favored like Esther. There's something upon your life in Homer City. Come on, God's doing something. You receive it, you believe it. It's not the end, it's the beginning. You ready? We're gonna build like never before because there's a huge open door. What's God asking you to do in your printing shop? Print for Jesus. Every single person you work for, God's going to increase you more and more. You, and he didn't say just you, and your children. How many want your children in with you? Can I tell you, I don't want my kids going to hell, and I don't want your kids going to hell. Why are you so important about the tithe? Because we need a better youth center. We need a bigger basketball court. We need a hockey deck right here on 22. We got 60 acres. The contractor that was drawn to us, I ain't going to tell you who, but many contractors are drawn to us. So you can build something beautiful up there. I'll help you do it. And, and I was sitting there watching what God's doing. And I was thinking, who should we let go to hell? Your kids? Maybe your grandkids. But how many people will steal from God and there's not enough meat in this house to be able to do what God's asked us to do? Did we do the missions yet, the video? Can you do that real quick? And I'll dismiss and I'll pray over you. But we went all over the world. We went to Southeast Asia. We went to Spain. We went to Mexico. We went to Central America. We built churches all over Pittsburgh. We helped Voices for the Unborn, the Tragment Love Project, Generations House of Worship, Pennsylvania Family Institute, Embassy of Hope down in Alabama, all Good Shepherd Homes, Right there in, in Illinois, Pennsylvania, Life Action Ministries, Generosity People. Keep them rolling. This is all over the world. We're, we're, we're doing some great stuff in the Muslim world. We're doing some great stuff in Tunisia and Turkey, Cutting Edge, Frontier Harvest Ministries. There, and, and there's tons more that, that aren't even up on there because we have missionaries that go into many nations. We just gave shy of a quarter million dollars to help people do the kingdom of God. You know what it did? It changed people's lives. It built churches. These are some of the people we give to all over the world. How many know, I think we're going to give half a million this year. Is that all right? We're going to give half a million. How many know it's important that we have a heart and revelation? And as I close in prayer today, I'm asking God to, to, to move the stakes in your life. To see what God can do with the rest of your days. Some of you say, I'm 60 and I'm 70. Hey, my mom's in her 80s and she's prayer praying every day. Nobody has an excuse. She called me the other day, babe, don't come up. I'll shovel my walk. I said, you get in the house, mother. One of these young boys will shovel your walk in Jesus' name. I don't need her falling. She's too valuable in the kingdom. How many know we all have a part to do in the kingdom? So, Father, 